Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, hi and welcome once again to Elevation Church this morning. Uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Marty and it's a great privilege of myself and my wife Rachel, we get to lead this location of Elevation. Uh, I know what you're thinking, this is a little bit different. Uh, this morning it may have, may not have been explained to you, but uh, we're, we're watching this message this morning because we have some COVID in our family and after talking with some of our team, we, uh, we realised that probably the best way uh, for this Sunday was for me to pre-record this message that I had already prepared on our new series, which the title is called. And so I'd love you, even though it might feel a little bit different on the screen, uh, in the auditorium there with you, uh, I'd just love you to engage with this message and engage with the Word of God because I believe that God has given me a message for us as a church, which is His Word, which always calls us up to something bigger and something greater. And so, as I mentioned, we're starting this new uh, little two-week series which is titled Called. It may only be two weeks, but I believe it's going to be significant uh, in the life of our church. And we, we're just so glad that you're here with us this morning. And so when we hear this word uh, called or calling, um, it can be easy to think of that word as maybe like a Christianese type word. You might be like, Christianese? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, it's a bit of a, a funny term that's thrown around sometimes for uh, a language or more likely specific words that maybe Christians use that if you're not in that scene or that circle or haven't been, you know, raised going to church, you might, you might struggle to understand what they're talking about. I'll, I'll read you something which I think is, you know, a, probably a prime example of Christianese. An example might be something like this. Now, I was really feeling a spirit of heaviness come over me, but I got in my prayer closet, I declared the victory, and I marched all the way out of that valley to the mountaintop. You know, great, great paragraph, but uh, like if you're not familiar with those terms, like, wow, like so confusing. Is this some kind of, you know, like Narnia type of closet or, you know, what's, what, what's going on here? Uh, I remember a, a significant number of years ago, uh, my mum was running a, a life group in her church and one of the ladies in the group, a friend of hers, was, uh, was sick and unwell with a disease and so uh, mum said that they would, you know, they wanted just to go over to this lady's house with the group and bless her and the lady sort of, you know, was a little bit freaked out a bit, thought, you know, that might be a bit strange. She was expecting them to, you know, turn up with holy water and sprinkle things and do the sign of the cross and all this, all this sort of thing that, that she thought that she meant. But all mum meant was they were coming over with, you know, food and casseroles and wanted to, you know, hang out and just let her know that someone cared about us. So, you know, sometimes we say some funny things as, as Christians and obviously we want to communicate what we believe and the attributes of God in a way that anyone can understand. But just before we get too hard on ourselves, let's remember that uh, most you know, um, workplaces or social groups or um, you know, hobby-based sort of, you know, when you talk about something that you all enjoy, they all have some form of like ease 
in them. It might be, you know, football ease or cooking ease or um, Gilmore Girls ease or, 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 or who knows what, what it might be. Um, for me, I remember when I first uh, started working uh, at the other job I work at as a, as a chaplain in a school, we would be in these meetings and they were using terms and acronyms and, you know, I looked really diligent. I had my notebook there, you know, taking notes, but pretty much all I was doing was just taking notes of all the acronyms that he used so that I could Google them later and work out what they, what they were talking about. Maybe you've had a similar experience maybe in your workplace or, you know, going, going somewhere different. But, you know, when we're talking about called, uh, we're not talking about what people used to do with telephones before they used text messages and Snapchat. Um, called uh, starts right here in the Bible. And so we're going we're gonna to open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. If you have a Bible there, encourage you. Uh, the scriptures won't be on the screen behind me because I am the screen. Uh, so if you've got a Bible, open it up, open smartphone, you know, version, not Facebook, version, whatever, whatever Bible app you're using, and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9, near the end of the New Testament. It says this from the New King James Version. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I hear that and there's just there's so much in that scripture. It's just so just so rich right there. And this this scripture is part of a letter of, of Peter, and it's written to Jesus followers who are you know dispersed in various uh, cities. And it's a the, the overall theme of this letter that Peter writes is it is that it's a message of hope uh, to those that he's writing to. And uh, I want to focus for just a moment on that last phrase. Uh, where Peter says that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, I want to encourage you that that same, uh, that same statement, that same encouragement that Peter uh, speaks to believers you know, ne nearly 2,000 years ago, uh, that that's for you today as well, that God has called you out of darkness. He didn't call you out to highlight highlight your failures. He didn't call you out to expose your misdeeds or hidden agendas or bitterness or, or jealousy or pride. No, he called you out of darkness into something much greater, into his marvelous light. What, what, what about these words of Jesus? We're going to flick back in the Bible a bit to the Gospel of John, still in the New Testament. Uh, John 15 verse 16, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. You know, you have been called and chosen by God. It's no accident that you have a faith in God. You know, earlier in the scripture in John chapter 6, verses 44, Jesus said that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, whoa, like this is, you know, this is, this is full on, like, like God has chosen me. Like I'm just here for the first time because I've you know, been driving past and 
feeling like maybe I should come in and, and, and check out this, or, or maybe you're here because you know someone who's a, who's a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and there's just been something about them that's made you inquisitive to want to you know, find out more what they're, what, what they're all about. Can, can I propose to you this morning that those things or whatever other circumstances have brought you here this morning, uh, they may look very practical, they may look like you've you know, just sort of thought them all up, but they are actually the drawing of Father God, that that little bit of wonder inside of you, that moment where you're thinking, "Wow, maybe maybe there's more to life. Maybe maybe I am born for something bigger, something something greater." That is actually the drawing and the calling of God. Those that are here regularly and um, you know have, have that solid, you know that you know that you've got uh, this faith in God. Can, can I remind you once again that you have been chosen? By God. It wasn't because you were raised in a family that went to church and passed down their belief system to you, even though that's important, and we need to make sure we keep uh, you know, shouting the praises of God to the next generation. Uh, and it's not just because you got to know someone who was a, who was a follower of Jesus and, and, and you thought, wow, if, if that guy is, I want to be like him or I want to be, be like her. You know, maybe it's not just because you liked the girl and she said, I'm a Christian. And you're like, well, if she's a Christian, man, I'm getting on that train too. You know, and the, and the rest is history for you. But I want to encourage you. God drew you by his spirit and he called you out of darkness into light. He called you out of sin, out of death, and into everlasting life. He called you out of fear and worry and into peace and hope. He called you out of living just for the now, for this temporary world that we were, that we're you know, just passing through. And he called you into eternal purpose, into something that goes far, far, far far much further than anything that we can taste, touch, smell, hear, see, and feel. God's called you for greater. You, you did not just decide all on your own one day to, to, to follow Jesus. Now, let me just clarify that for a moment because you did make a decision to align your will with the will of God, to have that significant moment of Surrender and cross the line of faith and say, "Yes, okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go forward following Jesus." And you know, if you haven't had that or made that decision yet, we'll take some time at the end of this service to be able to, you know, to do that and and encourage that. But 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 two things: the the following of Jesus is never just a set and forget one-time decision. I'll raise my hand. I'm all done. And it's a daily decision. It's a daily devotion to following Jesus. And also just a reminder that your salvation, it was initiated by God. You were called by him. Not only were you called into a relationship with Jesus by God, but you were called into a family and a community of believers. I want to read that first scripture again, 1 Peter 2. Verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice the words that are used there in that scripture. 
are not words of the individual, but they're words that are groups, they, they encapsulate groups of people. So that you are a chosen generation, not a chosen person or a chosen individual, but a chosen generation. So that you're a royal priesthood. You're not a priest singular, but you are part of a priesthood, a group of priests, that you're a holy nation. It doesn't say you're a holy human, but it says that you're a holy nation, and it says you are his own special what? It doesn't even say person, it says you're his own special people. You see, not only that, but when we read the preceding verses of First uh, Peter 2, uh, we, we get to see this scripture that we read in its, in its context, and it just gives us even more depth, and we understand that it's not just about singular me. I'll, I'll read it to you. We'll go again. This time I'm going to jump back a little and go from verse 4 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, coming to him, that's, that's Jesus, as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stumbling block and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. And here's the scripture. Here's where it comes in what we read before. But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Notice this whole passage, the, the overarching theme is about being built together with others. Built together, it says, as a spiritual house, once again, it uses, um, uses that picture of a royal priesthood. And that doesn't mean that we all need to become, you know, professional Christians, so to speak, or we need to leave our jobs and become a priest or a pastor or, 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 or a nun. Uh, what it's talking about is that a priest is someone who directs their attention and their worship to God. You see, everyone worships something. Worship is simply making a person or a thing the object of our affection. You see, some worship image and style in our world. Still others worship money and material wealth. Many other people worship, and I think it's particularly true here in Manor as I was thinking and praying about this uh, this week. Many people, um, they, they worship lifestyle. You know, the right house, the right position with the right food spot. You know, I want to look at the ocean and see the dolphins. I, I want to work and achieve, but, you know, also I want to relax and just have, you know, everything going my way. Great food, good coffee, my footy team wins, my husband isn't too annoying. You, you know, the, the, the good life per se. But we are called not to worship those things. We're called as a royal priesthood together to worship God, to make Him the object of our affection. We are called to live differently. And so today, um, I, I want you to take away a couple of things as we start this 
this series is this idea of called. And the first one, which I've spoken about a bit already, is this number one, is that you are called to salvation. You're called to salvation. We've covered this already, but here's another verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. You see, if you're here and you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, I'd love to encourage you to let today be that day. Uh, for me, it, I, I grew up being you know, taken to church by my mom. Me and my two younger brothers would go with, would go with mom all, all, all the time. But, but for me, that moment was when I was 16 years old at a youth camp when I crossed that line of faith and said, today... I'm going to follow Jesus for myself, not just because of my family or not just because of something else. Was everything perfect after that? Absolutely not. Did I make many mistakes? Absolutely, yes. But that for me was that moment when I started on a direction that said, you know what, for my life, it's going to be about God. It's going to be about his purpose. And he is going to be the object of my worship, the object of my affection. So, so just a reminder that you are called to salvation. Not in our own strength, not in our own might, but there is a call of God. He called you, remember, out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The second thing is this, is that not only are you called to salvation, but you are called to community. You know, church is not an event that we attend, but it's a community or a family or a movement to be a part of. And you know, maybe you're here this morning and you're just visiting today, you're checking out the church to see if it's a place for you. And I want to say that's great. We're so glad that you're here and we'll let you know about the youth ministry that we have and how you can get involved with kids and toddlers programs and life groups and, and all those things that we do, all those things that happen. But can I encourage you with all honesty and humility, seek God for where he wants you. Seek God for the community and the place that he has for your life, for maybe your family's life. Because I believe so strongly that not only has God called us to salvation, but he has called us into community. You see, too often in you know the Western society, we've embraced a sort of uh, consumer church or consumer Christianity. You know, this, this whole idea of, well, if I go to this church, what do I get? And, oh, this program has this, and these, this church is doing this way, and, and, and whatever. And, and can I say that, obviously, we need to you know, prioritize our family and what's going to, you know, bring, uh, bring the God potential out inside of them. But, but, but can I be honest, just looking to fill self is not what community is all about. That's not what we are called to. The church is not here just to fill our needs, wants, and desires. We are here together to build each other up as living stones, as a spiritual house, to worship God together. That's what the word just said. And you know, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of this uh, video clip, which is a few years ago. And honestly, if you're here uh, looking for a church and checking checking us out, that, that, that's totally fine. What I what I more so want to want to head on is that we don't become people that just get sucked into this consumer Christianity. What can I get from going here? So this is a bit of a, a satire on the uh, TV show House Hunters. Has a bit of Americanism in it as well, but hopefully it'll get give you a laugh. So let's let's check this out. 
Previously on Church Hunters. This is your first church. This is Creekside First Baptist. Honestly, right up front, uh, didn't love the name. The Sunday morning experience was just a little too traditional. Hey guys, how we doing? Hey, good. Doing how are good, you? Doing good, doing good. So I know you didn't love the traditional vibe of the last place, okay? Yeah. okay. But I think this church is really going to do it for you. Yeah. It takes relevance to a whole new level. Behind me, you will see molded clay, jar art, tapestry, canvas, mosaic wow. church. Mm, I love beautiful. it. Right? So you've heard of interdenominational. Mm -hmm. right. And you've heard of non-denominational. Mm -hmm. Well, this church identifies as interdenominational. Wow. wow. That's, that's perfect for it. us. It really is. But here's the kicker. A lot of celebrities go here. Yeah. What? Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> we love him. Yep. We really do. Ben Higgins from ABC's The Bachelor. <gasps> perfect. Several Real Housewives. Ooh, and... Love. Usher even came here one time. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, follow me. Come on. Let's do it. So refreshing. Honestly, that last church was just way too traditional. It was yeah. too much. It was like we left there feeling convicted. Like, uh, ugh, right? Right. We're just, we're looking for more of a Tony Robbins type sermon. Like inspiration, like a TED Talk with a Bible verse. Yes. Oh, yes. Right? It's perfect here. We love it. It really is. We love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, you guys know a lot of contemporary pastors speak out of the Message Translation Bible. Mm -hmm. Right. Or this pastor speaks out of a brand new translation. It's the Tumblr Bible. Shut we love Tumblr, up. though. This is great. Wow. A lot of emojis, a lot of abbreviations. Oh, I couldn't ask for one. And how many seats in here? Oh, it is 6,000 altogether. Babe, 6,000. Wow. i got to be in this worship band. That's Imagine true. me up on that jumbotron mid-guitar solo. Do you know how many Instagram likes you get? Oh, oh my God. We find it hard to find a church right now because I grew up Catholic. I grew up Baptist, so so like we we drink. Yeah, but in private. I mean, obviously you get it. Basically, in terms of like worship, I think we're looking for like a Jesus culture type feel. Oh, I right. love them. Hillsong, obviously. Oh, obviously, we do the cross. Hillsong is great. Like a Bethel minus the spontaneous yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just for me, I connect in worship more when the leader is attractive. Personally, I'm a Carrie Job guy. Well, she's married. Um, so is Christian Stanfield. Wow. <laughs> so one of my personal favorite things about this church is the service times. Okay. There's an 8.30, a 10, a 1 o'clock, a 5.30, and even a 7 o'clock service. Oh, there's nothing around like 2-ish? Yeah, for us, for what we need, 2, 2.15 is best. Yes. Uh, how many songs do they do during worship? Usually five, five and a half, depending on where the spirit leads. Oh, wow, babe, is that, is that a, a lot? lot? Well, if that's too that much for you, they have a program here called the Worship Assist Program. Okay. So if you ever get tired during worship, an intern will come out and just hold your arms up. You just keep worshiping the King of Glory. Just like that. Wow. I love it. Oh, you can still look super spiritual. And my arms get so tired from yoga. Oh, same. I actually like this church. I think we can make it work. It was all right. I mean, it was it was good. But like, I emailed the pastor, and he didn't immediately respond. So uh, we're taking these vessels elsewhere. Oh wow! Well, I don't know about you, but that's just that's just scary. That's just scary stuff right there. But you know what? We we, we believe that community and being called to community is not about having all our hopes, expectations, and desires fulfilled. You know, there's a human tendency and natural desire to, to have relationships that, you know, affirm us and, and make us feel better about ourselves. And that's, and that's, that's totally fine. But um, I, I'm currently reading uh, this book, which is called Life in Community. Uh, it's by uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's a, it's a stunning and, and challenging book. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a German pastor and 
theologian. Uh, so he wrote the book while living in and leading an underground seminary that was training pastors and leaders during the time of Hitler's reign in, in Germany and the, and the Nazis' rule. And so he, he was building this, this community, this, he was training people uh, underground in secret because he wouldn't affirm uh, the things that, uh, that, that, that Hitler and the Nazis were doing. But he writes this in the book. He, he, he says this, he says, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. I don't know about you. It's like, whoa, ouch, that is is challenging. You know, we believe as a church that we are not consumers in this community, but we're contributors. We believe that every time you serve on a team, that you contribute to the community here. Every time you do that, you build others up as a, as a spiritual house. You know, can I encourage you every time during the week that you pray for somebody, whether you pray for uh, another Christian here because you've talked to them on a Sunday or at life group and maybe they shared a few things that were going on and you said, you know, the classic Christian saying, hey, I'll be praying for you. But when you do more than actually just say the same, when you do that, you are contributing to the community. You know, when you drop off a, a COVID pack to someone, you pack away chairs after a service, when you vacuum the floor, when you let your guard down in life group and with, or, or with, excuse me, with authenticity, share your challenges with others in the group. You know what you're doing? You are contributing to community. Can I encourage you? You aren't just filling roles or getting jobs done or making that green tick go yes on on, on planning center, but you are called by God to do this. You are called as part of community. You are called to serve the house of God. You are called to serve the people of God. And, And why? Because he has called us into community to be with others, not for our own fulfillment, but because we have something to give, because we are called to love others as Christ has loved us. I've shared this a few times before in our church, and we'll keep we'll keep using the same same language for for a long time. But but we believe here that community should be tight and loose all at the same time. It's a bit of a bit, bit of a paradox. When when you look from the outside, you should see the community, the family of faith, as a tight knit group of believers that believe the best for each other, that have each other's back, that don't let whispers and gossip and any of that rubbish come in, that they, that they, that they back each other, they pray for each other, they give to each other. And so it should be tight, but then people, when they come in, if they've looked from the outside and seen this like tightness, have each other's back, they should be so shocked that it's so easy to get into the community. See, it's tight, but it's loose. It's welcoming and open and ready to embrace new people. Because who knows in the world, usually when we see something that is open and easy to get into, we have this view that it's probably shallow. It's just, how is your week good? How is yours good? I'm busy. You're busy. Okay, high five. See you next week. Or conversely, when we see like a tight-knit group of people, a, a community together, we think, oh, wow, I don't think... I don't think I should. I don't think I could ever get in there. It'll take me years to find my place. But we believe this church is a place of community where it's tight. We have each other's back. We have our life groups back. We may not know everyone 
uh, really closely, but we have a tight group of people that we're, that we're doing life with and believing the best about each other, but also at the same time, we're open, we're welcoming, and ready for anyone to, to come in and join. So today, as we come to a close, I, I, I want to send you back to this and, and, and ask you, maybe you've, you're here and you've made a decision for Jesus a, a long time ago, but have you forgotten that you were called by God? Have you just gone through the motions? I, I want to stir up in your life and remind you that you are called by God. It's not an accident that you have a relationship with Jesus. It's not an accident that you're here, but we are called together by God. Like the scripture says in 1 Peter 2, to be built up as living stones together. We are built and called for community. We're called by God for salvation. And God has called us together as a church family to be that picture of God's love on earth, to create that environment where people come and they discover who Jesus is and what he does, not just by the preaching of the word, even though that's important, but by the community that they're a part of and the people that stir each other on towards love and good deeds, the scripture says. So this morning, um, I'd just love to pray over the church as we close. God, I thank you right now for every single person here this morning. God, I thank you that your spirit has been speaking to them, Lord God. It's been more than just the words that I say. God, I thank you for that reminder that we are called for salvation. We are called, that you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. I thank you for that right now. And I thank you that we are called into community to be with others, to build each other up. I just thank you right now that your spirit come and fill every heart and every life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.